Welcome to the podcast of Azel Christian Church. We are a Disciples of Christ Church community in Azel, Texas. We invite everyone to be who you are with us, the doubting, the believing, the wondering, and everything in between. On this podcast, you'll hear our pastor, Reverend Ashley Dargai, preach on how the expansive and generative love of God is seen through Jesus, the prophets, the early church, and the faith forebears, and how this love helps us care for the world more deeply and faithfully. Sometimes it's messy and tough, but it's good news, and it is for you. We'll read our scripture, the psalm that was read in our uh, litany earlier this morning. Uh, We'll have some language that sounds a little familiar to you as we read the Hebrews text because the author of this Hebrews uh, text that we're reading this morning draws upon that psalm that we heard this morning. And so, uh, will you be listening for God to be speaking this morning? Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days, God has spoken to us by a son who was appointed heir of all things, through whom God also created the worlds. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being. And he sustains all things by his powerful word. When he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited and most excellent than heirs. Now God did not subject the coming world about which we are speaking to angels, but someone has testified somewhere, what are human beings that you are mindful of them or mortals that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels. You have crowned them with glory and honor, subjecting all things under their feet. Now in subjecting all things to them, God left nothing out of their control. As it is, we do not yet see everything in subjection to them, but we do see Jesus. For a little while was made lower than the angels now crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. It was fitting that God, for whom and through whom all things exist, is bringing many children to glory, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For the one who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one Father. For this reason, Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. Let us pray. Creator God, we give thanks for your word this morning. We pray that your spirit be present in a way that opens our eyes and our ears and our hearts to what you have for us this morning. I pray a special prayer 
that your spirit breathe life into the words on this page, that they may be made anew and afresh for us. For it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. In the city of Macon, Georgia, the Harriet Tubman African American Museum honors the memory of the person they call Black Moses, the best known conductor on the Underground Railroad. Do I know who the Black Moses is? Harriet Tubman herself. For she did all of the work that we read about Moses doing and freeing her people from slavery. A runaway slave herself, Tubman returned again and again and again to the South to rescue her family members and other slaves. In her 19 recorded trips, she escorted more than 300 slaves to freedom. As we can imagine, that was at great personal risk, but she blazed a trail of freedom for many. Her own journey made her a trustworthy and knowledgeable guide for others. In this week's lectionary reading from Hebrews, we hear of a picture of Jesus in similar terms, as a trailblazer who guides many children to freedom. That image of Jesus as our pioneer is all the more remarkable given the opening verses that we hear of Hebrews. In phrases of great rhetorical power, the writer celebrates the unique status of the Son by whom God has now spoken. These claims rush out at the beginning of his sermon that we heard this morning like a great river tumbling down a waterfall. We have this picture of Jesus in this high status. God has appointed the Son to be the heir of all things. His future and his destiny seem to be clear. The Son has also been given the agent of creation, the one through whom God created the worlds. But his role with respect to creation continues because he doesn't just get involved in the creation, but he also sustains all things. His activity with respect to creation spans past, present, and future. The sun also radiates God's glory or brightness or splendor, and that is S-O-N. I was not putting a play on words there. He is the exact imprint. He is the exact imprint or stamp or engraving of God's essential being. For us, Jesus is the clearest picture we have of God. He is our high priest. For the scripture says, He has made purification for sins through His sacrificial offering. Here, the, the writer of Hebrews first 
introduces his unique focus on Jesus as high priest. Now, I will pause and admit that I have a pretty low Christology. And so the Jesus as high priest, I I appreciate and I um, can bring that into my full picture of who Jesus is. Um, But it's one that I have to envision in my mind's eye. It's not one that I experience myself. But Jesus as high priest is a, a theme central to the development of this writer's sermon, the writer of Hebrews. His enthronement at God's right hand conveys his glory and his power. Thus, these initial verses of Hebrews stress that exalted status of the Son. But the second part, did you realize it's all written there for you nicely in the bulletin, so I don't know if you even realized that we jumped from one chapter to the next. Did you, did you see that? That we started there, the, the scripture for this morning is, is actually the first chapter, verses 1 through 4, and then the, the lectionary does their common, we want to highlight this, and then we're going to put a little semicolon here, and then we're going to highlight the next part we want to highlight, right? And so we skipped. We read the first four verses of chapter 1, and then we skipped to chapter 2 and picked up with verses 5 through 12. You may not have seen that as it was nicely provided for you in your bulletin. But the second part, maybe this is where I resonate more, because this second part focuses on the lowliness of the Son and His identification with us, His siblings. Brothers and sisters is what it says in your text. The opening prologue stresses that the name God gave to the Son is superior to the name given to the angels, while this new section underscores that God placed the Son, not the angels, in charge of the coming world. The ultimate destiny of Jesus is not a status inferior to the angels, but that Jesus is the Son of Man, who was made lower than the angels, but who was exalted after his suffering and death. That, that's the peace, right? That we share not only in Christ's humanity, but in his glory. And again, that's a thought that maybe is just a little bit too amazing for me to fully grasp. Human destiny, our destiny, is to share in the radiance of our captain who has gone before us in the very presence of God. That we are brought to glory, C.S. Lewis writes, means that, we, that there are no ordinary people. He says, you have never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilization, these are mortal, and their life is, our, is to ours as the life of a gnat. Our lives and the lives of our fellow human beings are not ordinary lives, 
Because we follow in the steps of the Son, who leads us to glory and claims us as his own kin. Reflecting on that path that lies ahead of us moves us towards adoration and praise. I don't know if y'all are familiar with author Glennon Doyle, but you might know her from her recent bestseller, Untamed. And I am a fan of Glennon, and so listen to her podcast frequently. Her podcast is called We Can Do Hard Things. And she did a Q&A recently on her podcast so that all of her followers could sit at her feet and hear her wisdom. And she jokes that she gets all these parenting questions and she's like, I don't know that I'm an expert. I've, I've raised, in the process of raising three children and through her life has come to an understanding that they, they are still somewhat highly functional at this point. So maybe she's an expert at it. But people still come to her and ask her parenting questions. And so someone recently wrote in and asked, um, what, do, what, what do I do? I've got a sensitive child. I don't know what to do with my sensitive child. And if you haven't read the book Untamed, um, she tells a story of one of her daughters who um, was in school and the teacher was teaching a lesson about how uh, some animals are going extinct. And I can't remember right now if it was a whale or a dolphin, but one of the animals that the teacher was highlighting was, you know, what, what happens in our world, right, was under stress and, and facing uh, extinction. And the daughter just crushed, I mean, just fell apart in class. And, and so the teacher had to call Glennon and say, we have a problem. I was teaching this lesson, and after the lesson it was recess, and everybody else went to recess running and playing as little kids do, and your daughter's still sitting on the floor in my room not knowing what to do. And so obviously this caller understood that story, remembered that story, and so turned to Glennon and said, what do I do with my sensitive child? And I will admit, since my daughter has her headphones on and is being babysat by YouTube right now, I too am raising a sensitive child. And I struggle with the same thing, and so when this question came in, I started listening harder. And Glennon's answer was this, and and while it speaks to a particular issue, I think it speaks to all of us this morning as we try and figure out this world. Her answer was this, a sensitive child does not need a fixer. She just needs relentlessly patient witness. I think that that's the Jesus that we meet in the scripture this morning. A Jesus who sees everyone and stands with everyone. Who calls attention and shines a light on all of God's children. And a Jesus who always finds a way to lift up the voices of the oppressed and those who don't find their seat at the table. And on this World Communion Sunday, I think that's the challenge for us to face. As we experience, how do we share 
Jesus' relentlessly patient witness. How might we do the same for all of those who are gathered around a table something like this this morning? We hear in Scripture time and time again that Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is pure love and compassion for all people on this earth. Jesus is God's love. We heard it in the Scripture this morning. Jesus is eternal love. When we gather at this table and remember that meal, we take in a bit of Jesus which means we take in a bit of God's pure love and compassion for all people. Jesus is the source of life, the source of eternal life, the source of the values of our daily lives, the pattern of love for our daily lives. When we absorb Christ into our daily lives, we take in the mind and heart of God, That is what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It means to have the Spirit of Jesus inside each of us. It means to have the heart and mind of God living inside us. Jesus is the bread of life, and whoever eats of it will never hunger again. When we eat and absorb Jesus' word, spirit, and love into our lives, Jesus lives in us, and we never die. We know that the basic food staple of the world is bread. And Jesus is the basic staple of spiritual food in the world. There is a time in which there are, is a shortage of bread in our worlds. But if we have anything to say about it, there will never be a shortage of the bread of love. How we love to eat bread and consume it, especially when it's fresh and warm, right? The butter melting on it. How we also should love to consume Christ and the spirit of love into our lives as we absorb the spirit of Jesus Christ and his love justice, and compassion, these qualities live more fully in us. For Jesus is never just bread. Jesus is always the bread of life. As we consume physical bread, it gives us nourishment and energy for our physical lives. As we consume Jesus into our lives, his indwelling presence becomes the source, our source, for compassionate energy within our lives. He becomes the nourishment and energy for our spiritual, emotional, and moral lives. So it is with the bread of life, the bread of love, the bread of Jesus. May we find our ways of showing up for all of God's creation as relentless, patient witness through the nourishment we find at this table. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Azel Christian Church Podcast. 
Azel Christian Church exists to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ through meaningful liturgy during worship, a public witness through outreach in the community, the nurturing of the spiritual life of every age group, and the witness of each member through discipleship, baptism, and the sharing of resources. To support this podcast and the ministries of Azel Christian Church, visit azelchristianchurch.org. Here you can contribute through giving online or find our Venmo information. If you're looking for a church or simply want to talk to one of our ministers, contact us through our website and we will be in touch. Talk to you soon.